Uh, we've been in chapter one of Ephesians for the past four weeks. We've been looking at all the spiritual blessings God has given to Christians. God the Father has chosen, predestined, and adopted believers to be his children. He's revealed to us his ultimate plan for the universe and given his children an important part to play in it. God the Son, Jesus, has redeemed and forgiven us, and God the Spirit has sealed and secured our salvation. Uh, this week, we're going to learn how Christians should respond to all the marvelous blessings God has given to us. So again, we're in Ephesians chapter 1, starting from verse uh, 15. In this uh, last part of chapter 1, the Apostle Paul teaches believers how we should respond to all of God's blessings. So follow along as I read Ephesians 1, starting from verse 15. This is God's word. For this reason... Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints." And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. If you found out that you had to spend a few weeks in quarantine, what would you do to pass the time? As the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the Ephesian believers, he's been arrested and confined for a few weeks, if not a few months. He has no idea if or when he'll ever be let out. And in verses 15 to 16 of our passage, Paul shares how he's been spending his time in confinement. Outside of reading and writing letters to churches and, and other believers, he's been thanking and praying for believers. Paul's prayer in this passage isn't just a one-time prayer he prayed while writing, while writing the letter. It's a summary of how he has been praying for the Ephesian believers day after day, week after week, month after month. In this passage, we get a glimpse of Paul's persistent heart of prayer. He says, I have not stopped, or I do not cease giving thanks for you. I, I keep on asking God. Paul has been spending a prolonged period of time praying for the Ephesian believers. So we need to ask, what drives the Apostle Paul to pray in this way? Two reasons. 
First, Paul is overwhelmed with thankfulness for the amazing things God has done for the Ephesian believers, all the blessings they have received from him already. But Paul sees this and he just can't stop giving thanks. Second, Paul sees a great need for the continued work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so Paul persistently asks God for the Spirit to continue to work in specific ways. And as Paul spends time praying for the Ephesians in these two ways, at some point he is inspired to write them this letter. He he feels it's appropriate to share how he's been praying for the Ephesians. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Paul wants to encourage the Ephesian believers, that they know that he loves them and he has a heart for them, that he cares for them as their pastor. But Paul is also sharing to teach and instruct believers. He wants the Ephesians to become aware of their spiritual needs and to follow his example of prayer in response to those needs. And so Paul summarizes and explains some of his prayer points for the Ephesians that we've just read. God doesn't just want the Ephesian church. God wants his whole church, including EEC, to follow Paul's example of thanksgiving and prayer in this passage. When we realize all the spiritual blessings God has given to us through faith in Jesus, it should lead us to give thanks. At the same time, understanding God's spiritual blessings should lead us to pray for the continued work of the Holy Spirit in our life. A healthy Christian life consists of both praise for blessing and prayer for greater realization of blessing in our lives. Now, two weeks ago, we learned about the blessing of the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of believers The Holy Spirit is our seal who secures and fulfills all of God's blessings for Christians. Through the Holy Spirit, we've already received every spiritual blessing. The response to this is to praise and thank God continually like the Apostle Paul. But this doesn't mean that Christians are to live believing we don't need to seek out any more of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. This is the exact opposite of what the Apostle Paul is doing. The Apostle Paul prays for a greater work of the Holy Spirit in the Ephesians because he knows they have already received the Spirit. Some Christians believe that they do not not have to and should not pray for more of the Holy Spirit's work in their life. Instead, they should thank God for what they already have and they should trust that they have everything they need. Their practice of the Christian life when it comes to the Holy Spirit is very passive. The Bible passage today tells us this attitude is incomplete. On the other hand, some Christians believe that God has withheld some blessing from them, and they have to do something else apart from faith in Jesus to seek it out and receive it whether it's by giving more money to God, like the prosperity gospel, or doing more pious or religious acts, like fasting. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14 shows us this is 
also not correct. Believers have already received every spiritual blessing through the Holy Spirit. So Christians need to pray for the continued work of the Spirit in our lives, but we also need to thank God because He has already given us the Holy Spirit and every spiritual blessing. So how can we make sense of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives as Christians from these two truths from Ephesians 1 that that seem to almost contradict one another? Right? You have the Spirit, but you need more of the Spirit, but you already have every blessing from the Spirit. Huh? The Bible helps us to understand the Bible. When there are passages that are hard to understand, the first thing we need to do is see what other parts of the Bible say about it. One analogy for the work of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is that it is like a spring of water that continues to grow and grow and grow. So speaking of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says in John 4, 14, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The word well up literally means jump up. The picture, imagine, is, is you're digging into a ground, you're digging into the ground, and you've, you've hit a hidden spring of water that's so big that water starts to shoot out from the ground and continues to grow bigger and bigger and bigger forever and ever. The moment underground water is reached, and starts to flow up, a complete spring is formed. All the water is simply hidden underground and needs time to surface. When a believer is sealed with the Holy Spirit through faith in the gospel, Christians receive every spiritual blessing. The work of the Holy Spirit has already begun in their lives. Blessing has already started to pour out from our hearts, but we need to pray for the work of the Spirit to continue to grow and increase so that the blessing we, re we received becomes more and more tangible in our lives. So hopefully we have a, a clearer idea of how the Holy Spirit works. He gives us everything from the start of our Christian life, but we also need to grow to receive everything he's given. And, and it's important to note that we've only looked at one illustration of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. There are other illustrations in the Bible that, teach us, that teaches us how the Holy Spirit works in different ways, and those are important, but we're only focusing on the ones that have to do with today's Bible passage. In the passage, the Apostle Paul is asking God for the Holy Spirit to work in a specific way. His prayer is an example for Christians to follow. And this brings us to the main point for this morning. Holy Spirit's illuminative strength comes through persistent hearts of prayer. Holy Spirit's illuminative strength comes through persistent hearts of prayer. We've talked a little bit about the last part of this main point, persistent prayer, the Apostle Paul shows us this, I want us to focus on the first part. What is illuminative strength? What do I mean by that? And where is it in the Bible? 
Uh, hopefully you have your Bibles open. Uh, if not, you should start looking because I'm going to explain the flow of thought in this passage. So, so the main prayer request that Paul has is, is in verse 17, that God would give believers the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The result of receiving the spirit of wisdom and revelation is that believers have a deeper understanding of God's person, God's blessing, and God's power. So the end of verse 17 tells us the spirit of wisdom and revelation is in the knowledge of him, meaning so that we may know God better. In verses 18 to 19, we are also told Paul is praying for believers to know the hope of their calling, the riches of God's inheritance for them, and the immeasurable power that is working in their life. Now, there are a couple of words that we need to explore further to understand what it is that Paul is praying for. So three key words. So first, what is the spirit of wisdom and revelation? What is meant by knowledge? And what does it mean to have the eyes of your heart enlightened? These words all describe the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of believers. When, when Paul is praying for God to give the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation, he, he doesn't mean that the believers don't have the, the spirit yet. They already have been sealed with the spirit. Paul is asking for the Holy Spirit to do his work of imparting wisdom and revelation. Now, spirit of wisdom and revelation is another name for the Holy Spirit that describes one aspect of his work. And this title is first seen in the Old Testament book of Isaiah in chapter 11, verse 2. The Holy Spirit is given many different titles in the Bible. He's the counselor. He's the comforter. He's the spirit of truth and more. Each, each of these titles reveals a different work of the Holy Spirit. As a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the Holy Spirit works to reveal and impart knowledge. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's revealing work is not to tell us anything new about God. God has already wholly revealed himself in Jesus and in the Bible. The Holy Spirit, what, what he's doing is impressing already revealed truth about God and his word into the heart's of believers. And the result is a deeper conviction, awareness, and experience of God and his blessing in our lives. The word knowledge doesn't mean head knowledge here. It means heart knowledge. It means to have a living experience and understanding of God's character, blessing, and power. It's one thing to learn that God is faithful and holy. It's another thing to experience it. It's one thing to learn that, that God is working his resurrection power in the life of believers. It's another thing to experience and be aware of that work in your life. The result of the Holy Spirit's illuminating work is that believers receive heart knowledge. And the result of receiving heart knowledge is seen in the next verse, in verse 18. 
tells us that the eyes of their hearts are enlightened. The hearts, eyes of believers' hearts are enlightened. Just like physical eyes need light to see the world around them, the human heart needs spiritual light to see the spiritual reality of what's going on in the world. The light that our hearts need to, to see aren't physical photons of light, but heart knowledge of God. When the eyes of the heart is enlightened, it means that it's given spiritual light, it's given spiritual illumination, so enlightenment, illumination, it's, it's the same thing, to see spiritual reality. I'm just using the word illumination because the word enlightened can have meanings that we don't want uh, in, different, in different contexts. So Christians live with two sets of eyes, our, our physical eyes and the eyes of our hearts, and it's important that we see with both. As Christians grow in faith, what we see with the eyes of our hearts becomes more important in determining how we live and what we do. Seeing with the eyes of our hearts gives us spiritual strength to carry out God's purpose for our lives. The, the prayer point that Paul focuses on the most in this passage is in verse 19. It's, it's his last prayer point. And it stretches all the way to the end of the passage. Paul desires that the Ephesians know the immeasurable greatness of God's power at work in their lives. This is so important that he, he writes many, many more sentences about it afterwards. God's power is so great, not only did it raise Jesus from the dead, it also lifted Jesus into heaven and gave him power above everything else in the heavenly places. And that same power is constantly at work in you if you are a believer. And this power at work in our lives allows us to fulfill God's purpose for us. And that purpose is, is in verse 23 that we would be the church and fill the world with the power and presence of Jesus as his body. The Holy Spirit's illuminative strength comes through persistent hearts of prayer. Paul prays for the illuminating or revealing work of the Holy Spirit to deepen in believers' lives. And this work is different than the Holy Spirit's work to seal what you've looked at, to fill, to gift, to regenerate, to empower for mission, to comfort, to counsel, and more. Those are also important works of the Holy Spirit, and we'll learn about some of them in more detail as we study the book of Ephesians. But the focus for this week is on the Spirit's illuminating work. The illuminating work of the Spirit allows us to see with spiritual eyes the reality of God's person, power, and blessing in our life. This gives us strength to carry out His purposes. The illuminating work of the Spirit is an ongoing work in the life of Christians, and it's something that we need to continually seek after in prayer. All right, uh, so we've just spent a good 15 minutes learning about the passage's background and, and key words to help us understand the main point. 
We've also spent some time uh, seeing how the passage fits into the rest of the Bible's teaching about the Holy Spirit. Um, Those are all important things. Uh, But it's actually easy to get lost in the details and and lose the bigger picture of what the passage is saying. So I'm going to take the rest of our time this morning to summarize the key points of the passage and elaborate on some key implications for us as we pray. Because the main application, in in case you haven't figured it out, is is that we need to pray for the Holy Spirit's illuminating work. But but at the heart of it, it's not just that we would pray, it's, it's actually that we would see our need for the Holy Spirit's illuminating work in our lives and in our church so much that we would develop Paul's heart of prayer that he demonstrates in this passage that we would keep praying day in and day out. May the God of our Lord Jesus Christ give the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know the hope that he's called us to, the riches of his inheritance, the greatness of his power. And we can pray this with confidence because the Holy Spirit's illuminating work is already at work in believers. That's the first key point of this passage. The Holy Spirit's illuminating work, he's already at work. He's already begun. That's the first point in verse 15. The reason why Paul starts praying for the Ephesians in the first place is because God's already started his work. Paul hears how their faith in Jesus has transformed them to love one another. And that prompts him to start praying for the continued work of the Spirit. The sealing work of the Holy Spirit gives us confidence that the revealing work of the Spirit will continue in the life of every believer so we can pray for it in confidence. And this confidence actually comes from thanking God for all the work he's already done, both in our lives and in the lives of other Christians. As we we recall God's supernatural work to, to make someone a Christian, to reveal the beauty and grace of Jesus to them, you know, God's continued work in that person seems more than possible. In fact, it seems logical God has already made a deposit in their lives. He's going to carry it through. And this is important because sometimes we can get discouraged at how little the Holy Spirit seems to be working in our lives and in the lives of other believers. We, we find it hard to believe that praying is going to make a difference. It's in these moments that we need to spend time thanking God to remind us of the work the Holy Spirit has already started so we can pray for his continued work confidently. The second key point in this passage is that the Holy Spirit's illuminating work needs needs to deepen in believers. That's what we see through Paul's prayer points in verses 17 to 19. Now, Paul is not praying for the continued work of the Holy Spirit because it's a nice thing to do. He's praying because it is a necessity. Despite Paul's unceasing thanks for all that God has already done, he's still not satisfied. He knows there's, they need more, so Paul keeps on praying for the believers. And this means for us that we need to pr- approach God in prayer dependently. We need to pray with an urgent sense of need for a deeper work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the lives of other believers. We need to pray knowing that we are completely dependent on the Holy Spirit to do this work in us. You know, at the end of 
Paul's teaching, this long chapter of all, about all God's spiritual blessings, all, all he can do is stop and pray for the Holy Spirit to illuminate their hearts. Holy Spirit's work needs to deepen in believers. So we should pray confidently because he's already at work. We should pray dependently because his work needs to continue. We should also pray faithfully. And this brings us to the third key point of this passage. The Holy Spirit's illuminating work deepens through faithful prayer. The passage this morning teaches us how God chooses to give prayer an important role in completing his work in the lives of Christians. What makes prayer prayer isn't so much the words and actions themselves. You know, some people pray more expressively. Some people pray less expressively. What's important is the heart behind them. Paul himself is the example of what a heart of prayer looks like. He admits that there is a need for the Spirit's work. He acknowledges that he's not able to do anything about it, but he doesn't stop there. Paul trusts that God is able to do it, and so he prays. And Paul's heart of prayer translates into a practice of prayer that is persistent and faithful. What's important about Paul's example of prayer isn't how long or how often he prayed, but the heart of faith behind his prayers. Persistent prayer doesn't necessarily mean you have a heart of prayer, but a heart of prayer is expressed in faithful and persistent prayer. Prayer is the ongoing exercise of faith in our lives. We don't just believe the gospel once, we need to continually believe the gospel. We don't just trust God once, we need to learn to trust him in everything at all times, and prayer is the expression of that trust. God has chosen to use ongoing faith expressed in prayer to continue his work in the life of believers. And today's passage is an indication of this. Some Christians wrongly believe that because God is sovereign, because he's in complete control, our prayers don't really make a difference. It's not going to change what, what God's going to do, but we should pray because he commands us to do it. Our passage today shows us this, this is wrong. God is sovereign, that is true, but our faith and prayer, and prayer are part of God's sovereign plan to complete his work in our lives. And so we need to pray for God to work. The Holy Spirit's illuminative strength comes through persistent hearts of prayer. Pray confidently, pray dependently, pray faithfully. We are also to pray victoriously or pray into victory. And this brings us to the last point for this morning. Holy Spirit's illuminating work imparts certainty and strength of heart. One of the scariest times of my life was when I was caught up in a massive snowstorm in the middle of the night on a busy highway far from home. I could barely see two meters in front of me. Snow was constantly blocking my vision. There was ice on the road. 
I would suddenly see a car appear in front of me and then, and then freak out. You know, I, I thought I was going to die at some points. When we are unable to see clearly, our spiritual journey is scary. We don't know what's ahead. All we can see in front of us is sin and darkness and brokenness and chaos in the world. The more the Holy Spirit illuminates the eyes of our hearts, the more we can see the world around us in light of God's ultimate purpose. And this gives us confidence in the midst of the worst storms of life. One of the key things that believers need to see more clearly is the power of God that is at work in each of our lives in verse 19. A couple of things about this. First, verse 20 shows us that we need to see how real this power is. It's not something that we haven't seen. It's something that God has displayed to us in human history by raising Jesus from the dead and taking him up into heaven. Second, in verses 22 to 23, we need to see that this power is available to us because Jesus has been united to us as our head. Third, in verse 18, we need to know, we need to grow into our experience of this resurrection power of Jesus in our lives. It's the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit that does all of these things. And as he does that, it, it imparts strength into our hearts. This inward realization and awareness of God's power in our life gives us confidence in the midst of the most powerful forces of evil at work in the world. As we experience God's power at work in our lives, all other powers look less and less powerful in comparison. As we, we become aware of the power that is available through, to us through Jesus, circumstances in our lives that once felt were impossible to obey God start to feel possible. As we realize how great Jesus' resurrection power in us is, we gain certainty and strengthen our hearts that allows us to boldly step out and carry out God's plan for the world in victory. At my previous church, uh, there was a faithful elderly lady in her 70s she served as a missionary for many years in Malaysia, and we were part of the Sunday morning prayer meeting. Uh, that, that's how we got to know each other. Every week, we would spend time praying for the church and for the service. Uh, it, it, was a, it was quite a big church. And almost every week, as I spoke to this, this lady, she would always say, tell me, Evangel, I, I'm praying for you. And at that time, my, my response was, uh, that's nice, but, but I think we actually need to pray for everyone else more. <laughs> and it's only looking back that I realized how much I actually needed her to pray for me. You know, I, I thought I had experienced God. I thought I had grown in my faith, and, and that's true. But the Holy Spirit had just barely begun his illuminating work in my heart. And, and even now, with, with everything that's going on in the world, I find myself feeling more and more that I need the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit in my life. The Holy Spirit's illuminated strength comes through persistent hearts of prayer. 
You know, there are some of us this morning who are listening, we feel so overwhelmed by life. We feel so weak, so fearful, so tired. We feel like we're, we're failing as Christians in some way. God seems far off and distant. The truth is, he, he's not. You've been sealed with the Spirit. God has started his work in your life. He wants to continue his work in your life. For you to know in a greater way the hope of your calling, the power that's at work in you, so that you can live full of confidence and hope in whatever circumstance you're facing. But God is calling us to exercise faith, to go to him in prayer, and to ask. There's some of us this morning who are feeling like our faith is, is okay. Yes, we, we, could, we could probably grow more. We, we should probably grow more. But we're not doing too bad right now. You know, it, it's nice if people are praying for us, uh, but other people probably need it more. If that's you, uh, then perhaps you need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your need for more of his work in your life. Lastly, there are some of us here this morning who are feeling troubled or, or, or frustrated. You know, we feel troubled at the lack of conviction EEC seems to have when it comes to, to their faith. We feel frustrated that people seem to care very little about God, about studying the Bible, about growing in prayer. If that's you, then perhaps God is calling you to serve in prayer, like the Apostle Paul, by praying for the continued work of the Spirit in your brothers and sisters' lives. To, to thank him for all that he's already done in the church. To bring your frustrations and worries about how the church is doing spiritually. And to trust that God's going to continue his work. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Um, and and as, I, as, as they do, uh, as they sing, uh, Let's turn our hearts in prayer. In fact, why don't you join me in prayer right now? Uh, Father in heaven, we, we come to you. Uh, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for all the work that you've done in our lives. Thank you for, for saving us. Thank you for, uh, for teaching us, for comforting us, for forgiving us, for redeeming us. Uh, this morning we come to you as a church and we admit that we need more of your work in our life, Holy Spirit. Would you reveal to each of us our need for you? Would you give us faith, Lord, to trust that you are willing and are ready and are at work in our lives already? God, we pray that you would illuminate our hearts, that we would know you in a deeper way this week, that we would experience your power in our lives, your power to, to redeem us from sin, your power, God, uh, that's greater than any other uh, obstacle or temptation that, that we face, Lord. We pray that each and every single one of us, Lord, even those who aren't able to tune in this morning would experience this power, God. And we pray that as we do so, Lord, we would be a light for this city. We would bring your presence to the city of Hong Kong that desperately needs it. We thank you, and we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.